This is Michelle Gibbs. My husband Mike and I have been married for 16 years and we live in Idaho with our five children. The oldest is 14 and the youngest is one year old. I love studying the scriptures and preparing for this podcast every week really helps me to have more inspiration and revelation for my own life and also for my family. Join me each week as I share some of the thoughts that I have as I study the scriptures using the Come Follow Me course by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This week we are studying Moroni chapters 1 through 6. And they're really short chapters, not very much reading to them at all. But interesting the things that Moroni puts in during these chapters. And one thing that Moroni says in chapter 1, verse 4, he says, But I write a few more things that perhaps they may be of worth unto my brethren the Lamanites in some future day, according to the will of the Lord. So Moroni has more time to write than he realized, and he decides to put in these few more things, which is what he says, and because he thinks they may be of worth. And so as I was reading these chapters, I looked to see what did he think would be of worth? What is he adding now that he has enough time? What did he think was important enough to add? And here's the list that I came up with. He talked about repentance and baptism. He talked about the gift of the Holy Ghost. He talked about the administration of the sacrament and also the ordination of the priesthood offices. And so I was thinking about those things and I think it's interesting that what he adds to the Book of Mormon at the end when he has time to keep writing is just their basic principles of the gospel. And I think those principles are vital to our testimonies to the foundation that we're building in the gospel or he wouldn't have put them in there and he wrote them for our benefit which he says as well for the benefit of the Lamanites but also others reading it at a future time and I was just thinking about how important those basic principles to the gospel are sometimes we get caught up in in the things we don't know or don't understand about the gospel or the questions that we have the difficult things and we forget to focus on what we do know. Elder Uchtdorf has a quote where he says, doubt your doubts before you doubt your faith or something like that. Now I'm not quoting it quite right. I think that was in 2013 conference where he talks about doubting your doubts. When you're not sure what's going on, you're not sure the answers, don't doubt what you already know. Doubt the things that you're doubting. Anyway, he also gives a really good talk talking about those basic principles of the gospel and how important they are in October 2010 conference. There's a couple of things he said that I really liked as I was studying that talk again this week. He says, there is a beauty and clarity that comes from simplicity that we sometimes do not appreciate in our thirst for intricate solutions. And that's kind of along the lines of what I was talking about, how important it is to go back to those basic principles and not get caught up in the deep stuff that maybe we don't understand and causes doubts and worry and concern. Not to say that those things don't need answered or that we can't have those answered, but sometimes we get so caught up in them we forget 
about the fundamental parts, the foundation of our testimony. And that part's vital. Otherwise, it won't stand. It will fall. Here's another quote from Elder Ruchdorf's talk. He says, These simple, basic principles are the key to living in harmony with God and man. They are the keys to opening the windows of heaven. They lead us to the peace, joy, and understanding that Heavenly Father has promised to His children who hear and obey Him. Then he also says, Strength comes from placing our attention and efforts on the basics of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. So as I was reading in the book of Moroni this week, I was just really thinking about how important those basic principles are and how as we continue to build our testimony on those things, we have strength in our testimony and we're able to withstand any time that we have doubts or concerns about other things because we know that we have a testimony and it's founded in faith in Jesus Christ and those repentance, baptism, the gift of the Holy Ghost, all those things that are really vital to our testimonies. A couple of other things that Moroni says in these that really stood out to me and I just wanted to bring up in verse or I'm sorry, in chapter six, verse seven, Moroni was talking about the Nephites at the time they were righteous after Jesus came to see them. And he says this, they were strict to observe that there should be no iniquity among them. And I was really thinking about that this week because I think it can be applied to our lives now. The Nephites, they were diligent and careful to weed out iniquity from their lives. And that was one of the things that helped them to stay righteous and to stay on the covenant path. And I was just thinking about how easily sometimes we let little things slip into our lives, you know, um, justifying it as, you know, thinking it's just the world we live in. It's a little thing. There's nothing we can do about it, whatever, you know, little things in movies or shows or music or just various things that we see and we feel that we should be tolerant or accepting of because it's just how it is today and it's a small thing. But small things grow to be big things. I was thinking about gardens this week and I don't know why because it's cold and snowy where I live but I was thinking about gardens and um, you know we start with these weeds in our garden. Well, we don't start with weeds. We start with plants, but weeds come up with the plants. And they seem small and harmless and no big deal. And then one day, all of a sudden, we go out to our garden and there's these huge weeds and they're hard to pull. And it seems like they're everywhere and it takes forever to get rid of them because they've just grown everywhere. And where at first they weren't really noticeable, now they're just kind of taking over. And they're spreading seeds for more weeds, so that's not good and the thing is is when we first see those weeds they're little and they have tiny roots and they're really easy to pull and get rid of but if we wait until they're really big then they're hard to pull it's so much better if we can just keep up with our garden weeding and keep those weeds at bay so they don't create seeds of and grow more plants and have big roots that we can't get rid of now it's hard to do that because we have to be diligent about weeding to keep those weeds out every day and one thing I found about being diligent 
It doesn't take all day. It takes a little bit of time every day to be diligent about weeding a garden. Now, if I let that go for a couple of weeks, it takes me hours and days to catch up. <laughs> but if I just do a little bit every day, I can keep up pretty easily. And I think that's an interesting thing about being diligent. We think it's a ton of work and that we just don't possibly, we just can't make time for that much work every single day, but it's really not that much work every day. It is a little bit of work every day, but if we do it every day, then the work is spread out and it's really not as bad as we think it's going to be. I was also thinking about when Mike and I bought our first house together, it didn't have a yard. And so it was just dirt everywhere and we bought it in the winter. And so in the spring, we were out there early spring doing yard work. I mean, like getting rid of rocks, moving things out, preparing for grass, that kind of stuff. And we were outside working and a kid came and he was promoting weed killing services for a company and he offered to give us a good deal on killing our weeds and keeping up with our weeds for us. And I looked at my yard, which is bare. It's just got rocks and a little bit of dirt, nothing growing on it because it's early spring and it had been tilled up when they built our house. And so it was just fresh dirt and mostly rocks. And I laughed and I thought, I told the kid, we don't have any weeds. What weeds are you going to get rid of? We don't even have a weed problem right now. Thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> we don't need the help. And he left and I thought he was kind of silly for even offering that service to us. But sure enough, within a couple of months, my yard that had been devoid of all life was just covered in weeds. And at that time we were also growing grass, so there wasn't a lot we could do about the weeds and it takes lots of time to get rid of weeds in your grass. That's just part of growing new grass. But I was thinking about those weeds and that weed guy, he knew that weeds were gonna grow. He knew it looked bare, but he knew they were coming. It was inevitable. And he offered to help, but as it was my first yard, I didn't know to watch for the weeds and to keep a handle on it early on. I didn't know that that was going to be a problem and I didn't believe him when he thought it would be. And so as I was thinking about relating that spiritually, we have to be really careful. We have to be diligent and weed out all iniquity, even the small stuff. And even early on, you know, we can look at our lives and say, but we have a safe place here and everything is good. And you know, all is well in Zion kind of a thing, because it might seem that way, but those weeds are going to creep in. So it's important that we're diligent from the very beginning in doing those daily things that help us to keep temptation and wickedness and evil things from creeping into our lives and into our hearts, because really they start off small. And once they get those roots going in our hearts, it's really hard to pull them out. Okay. So let's be strict to weed out all that iniquity. The next verse, actually, I also really liked in chapter six, verse eight. And he's talking about the Nephite still. And he says, as oft as they repented and sought forgiveness with real intent, they were forgiven. And the phrase I really liked there was the one real intent. And... I was thinking sometimes we do the right thing, but for the wrong reasons. And it's 
I think at least still better than not doing the right thing at all. But it doesn't really have a lot of weight and make many changes in our lives unless our heart is in the right place, unless we desire to be our best. And that's our motivator. Love for Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ and a desire to be what they would like us to be. And that's that real intent that he's talking about when we repent and try to and ask for forgiveness that we have real intent for it. Elder Oaks of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, he, uh, President Oaks, but at the time he was Elder Oaks, he made a comment and I wanted to read it. It says, Moroni did not promise a manifestation of the Holy Ghost to those who seek to know the truth of the Book of Mormon for hypothetical or academic reasons, even if they ask with a sincere heart. The promise of Moroni is for those who are committed in their hearts to act upon the manifestation if it is received. Prayers based on any other reason have no promise because they are not made with real intent. And I really liked that thought because I was thinking, you know, about wanting, acting out of love for Heavenly Father, for Jesus Christ, for ourselves and others. And also, I like that he adds on there that as we pray for forgiveness and for other things, we have to be willing to act on, on those manifestations that we receive. We can't just want the best to work out. We have to be willing to put in the work. So I like that he added that to it. So I was surprised how much good, deep thinking I was able to have as I studied the lesson this week, even though there were really hardly any verses to read. I'm thankful that Moroni put these extra things in for us so that we have clarification and really detailed information that we need on these key principles of the gospel because really he, he well he puts the sacrament prayers in word for word and they're, they're the same as the sacrament prayers that was were given in the latter-day restoration of the church and i love that that even though there were hundreds of years separating those two revelations they're the same it tells me the heavenly father is the same and he loves each one of us and he will share and teach as we open our hearts to that and as we're ready to receive it. And so I love that Moroni has added these things and taught us these principles with such clarity so that we cannot be confused and we can understand and know exactly how it is. Next week, we're going to be studying Moroni chapters 7 through 9. Have a great week.